to the Better Me Podcast. I am your host, Jen, and just a friendly reminder, I'm merely a curious girl looking for a platform to chat, learn, and dish. I'm not a professional therapist or claim to be an expert. Also, in every episode, I can't assure you this is at all appropriate for children, so be aware of that when starting to listen. And with that, let's work on being a better me. Hi, and welcome to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a heavy episode planned for you guys today. I am going to be talking about perimenopause and menopause. And I know I'm probably scaring off you male listeners, but if you hang in there and listen to this episode, I think you will get a lot of information and insight out of this episode. Just, you know, kind of dealing with the women in your life. Maybe it's your family members, maybe it's a significant other. Um, But I think I've got a little bit of insight that even you as male listeners will enjoy. But for my female listeners, this is a subject that is difficult to talk about. It's difficult to get wrap your mind around when you're younger. And I think, you know, for many of us, it is a subject that was never discussed. It was never talked about. And you kind of enter this cycle of your life with total blinders on and you're trying to find information and there's not a lot out there. So um, anyway, I've done a lot of research for personal reasons. And, um, you know, I'm going to say right off the bat that Doing this episode today is important to me because there is so little general information. I I mean, when you discuss this topic with your general practitioner or with your OBGYN, a lot of times the feedback that you get is just, it's not positive. It's not encouraging. Um, But also you know, talking about this subject, it's very exposing because of course, as women, you know, we place a certain value on youth. And when you feel like you're getting older and it kind of slaps you in the face, it it's a tough subject. It's a tough thing to face. So Anyway, I hope that um, you guys all stick around. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, We will start this subject, but I have a feeling that this is going to be an ongoing subject um, that I will do several times. So sit tight. I will be right back. Welcome back to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope that this one will give you some good insight and also just maybe uh, help you to feel a little bit more positive about this cycle of life that uh, basically it's called menopause or perimenopause when you're just starting out. Um, And what that means basically in a nutshell is 
it's the end of your reproductive cycle of life. It's when you stop being able to have children and you start out in perimenopause. And that usually typically starts for women when they are over the age of 45. So anywhere from, you know, 45 to 55, depending on your genetics and, you know, your bio makeup. It's different for everyone. Um, not only is the, you know, the age range different for everyone, but also the the way you go through it, the, the symptoms and, uh, you know, basically the, the symptoms that you can experience and your experience with menopause is completely different to someone else's experience. Um, I have talked to so many different women about this particular subject because I have a interest in it because it was not something that was a general topic of conversation between myself and you know my mother or really any other adult woman in my life there was never a time when this was a subject that was really broached in a in a, in a more uh extreme way it wasn't it was just a general thing it was more of a punchline you know we maybe saw my mom get emotional or she had a hot flash and it ended up being kind of a joke which at the time you know I had no idea what she was going through she didn't share it with us and uh, no adult woman in my life really shared their their story with me and um so I guess going into it myself it felt like you know I was standing in a dark room and and there was no light I had no idea what to expect and when symptoms started for me, I asked my OBGYN about it. You know, I explained to him some symptoms I was having and it kind of started out with, you know, really regular periods and, um, you know, just general issues in that area. And I, he, I, he also asked me about my mental state and, one thing that I said was, you know, I've never been a depressed person. I've always seen the positive, I think, in my life. I've never experienced what I would call clinical depression or anxiety. And suddenly I had sparks of that. I had small little, you know, a little window into what it felt like to have those issues. And I explained to him, you know, I, I suddenly do have issues where I, you know, I'm starting to feel depressed for no reason, or, um, I'm anxious. I'm having, you know, bouts of anxiety. And of course, um, as is pretty typical in a lot of cases, his immediate reaction was, do you need me to write you a prescription for an antidepressant? 
which my answer was absolutely not. I, I don't want to medicate myself. I want to f- get to the root cause. I want to figure out why I feel this way. And, you know, I want to go back to feeling the way that I've always felt, which, you know, is kind of funny looking back. Maybe, you know, that was idealistic on my part, but I still believe that there, there are other solutions. So I'd like to kind of delve into that and just let you know that there are other solutions. There are other um, ways to kind of get around certain symptoms that you might be experiencing. So basically, um, perimenopause can go anywhere from one year to 10 years, which might seem like a really daunting number, but, you know, you can go through the beginning stages for a long period of time. You can get through it super fast and kind of never experience anything crazy, just depending on who you are and your, your genetic makeup. But um, typically it lasts an average of one to five years. And really you're in full menopause when you haven't had a period for one full calendar year. And what menopause basically is, is that your reproductive hormones, estrogen and progesterone, that you stop producing those hormones. So because of that, it obviously changes um, your, uh, your body. If you're not producing estrogen, then there are a lot of things that, that change. One of which can be your libido, um, your sexual drive. You might not have as much and, um, and for a lot of women, that is a terrible thing to hear. And you obviously want to be able to still feel, you know, like a sexual being, even as you get older. Um, some more symptoms. Now, this is a crazy list of symptoms, but it, I feel like it's kind of important for me to list them off because maybe these are things that you're experiencing and you never realize that they were connected to this cycle of your life. Um, Obviously, hot flashes, you know, everybody kind of jokes about hot flashes. So when you get your first one, it's a big shock. And at first, you might not even know what it is, but you figure it out pretty fast. Um, Night sweats, bloating, uh, some women experience vaginal dryness, Mood swings, depression, and anxiety, huge. You know, those are things that really can change your life. And I I will get into that a little bit more later because I'm going to talk about your relationships during this particular time of your life. Um, lowered libido, like I said. Fatigue, you can suddenly feel like you just don't have the energy that you once had. Digestive issues, headache weight gain, breast soreness, joint issues, uh, dizziness and vertigo, muscle ache, uh, panic attacks, thinning hair, gum issues, a pins and needles feeling, lack of focus, memory lapses, itchy skin, dry skin, 
brittle nails, sleep issues, um, insomnia, incontinence, body odor and excessive sweating, irritability, sadness, and in the extreme cases, uh, a sense of doom and su being suicidal, having suicidal thoughts. And I actually Googled the suicidal thoughts thing and you know, it is actually like the highest rate of suicide in women happens during this period of time. And, you know, it is because suddenly you have these mood swings, you have this depression and anxiety that you never had before. You have a feeling of sadness or, you know, even going through this cycle where you are sort of letting go of your youthful um, baby making years can feel like a real sense of loss um, like you're like you're losing this this youthful piece of yourself for some people you know they see it as a total positive like oh well I'm not gonna get my period for the rest of my life amen and of course that sounds fantastic especially if you aren't interested in having any more children that can be you know a total positive that you don't have to worry about menstruating every month um but for others it just feels very daunting and different and you know like they're they're missing out they're losing something you know maybe they didn't feel like they were they had enough children or had any children and they wish they had um, that can feel really sad for some women. So, like I said, I, you know, I Googled the suicidal thing and it was really like, what a slap in the face and, and shame on, you know, some of your practitioners out there who, who don't sort of dive into that a little bit further and find out, you know, a little bit more information before trying to throw an antidepressant into the mix or, you know, an anti-anxiety medication, which, you know, and I'm not shaming people who take things like that. If you need those things, they can be a lifesaver. They can absolutely be the cure to, you know, clinical depression and clinical anxiety. You, you might really need those things. And I'm not saying that that's not something that you should do if, if that feels right to you, but it shouldn't feel like it's the only solution for everyone. Um, there are a lot of natural supplements out there that have, you know, claimed to help. And I myself actually... I'm taking something that is a more natural approach and um, contains, well, number one, they've kind of decided that, you know, a lot of what happens in your body starts in your gut. So one of the number one things that when I was researching what kind of supplements would be important for someone going through menopause to take, one of the number one supplement the number one suggestion was that you should be taking a probiotic so 
you know, something to balance that gut bacteria is super important. Um, another one was curcumin, which is, you know, the, uh, the supplement that is in turmeric, uh, moringa was another one and ashwagandha is another one. And there are several supplements out there who, uh, they put those particular things in these natural supplements. Um, one, one of which is by Dr. Axe, who I know I've talked about him before. Um, he makes a lot of really great products, a lot of probiotics, um, collagen, but he actually has a supplement and it's just called Women's Hormones that has a lot of those particular things in it. Um, another one is by a company called Better Body. That product is called Provitalize. And then there is another company called Menno Labs and it's menolabs.com. They make a supplement and uh, they make several things, but one main supplement that has probiotic and um, that is actually the one that I've just started taking. And it really does seem like it's it's helping. So I'll let you know in the future how that goes. It says to give it at least 90 days to truly, you know, see the effects. Um, and they actually offer that the Mental Labs actually offers an app that you can track, you know, when you're going through perimenopause, you can track yourself to see, you know, where you're at in your cycle. And, um, and if you're doing things that are, you know, a positive effect on your well-being as far as, you know, what you're doing for diet, what you're doing for exercise, um, how much you're sleeping. You can track all of it in the app, which I thought was just a fantastic option. So I just downloaded that app and I just started using it and I will let you know in the future how that has worked out for me. But so far I think it's pretty neat. But there are other things on the market too. There's bioidentical hormone replacements. And, um, you know, one thing that has been around for a long time that, you know, I think is kind of faded into the background because of the side effects is hormone re replacement therapy that is synthetic. Um, they found that that actually can cause breast cancer and all a host of other issues. So I myself have steered away from that. Um, I don't know if there's really any, anyone out there who's still using that sort of thing, but you know, if, if it's possible to do bioidentical, I think that would obviously be the better option. Um, people who have breast cancer in their family history, I would say that would be a big no. So, um, Anyway, but you can do your research about that. I mean, I, I've Googled it before. I've kind of looked into it. But if I can get away with using something that's more natural, I think I'd rather do that. Um, but you can make that decision for yourself. Another thing that I have found that really helps me is if I take a, a CBD at night. So I take... Um, 
when I need it, I take a product. It's by a company called My Soul CBD. Um, it's S O U L. They make a actual like sleep formula that has melatonin and CBD in it, and it really, really helps me sleep. Um, one thing that you might notice when you are going through perimenopause or menopause, um, you might find that you have a lot of sleep disturbance, that uh, you go through a certain period of the month that tends to be worse, like one full week or something where you have insomnia or a hard time falling asleep um, or you wake up several times during the night and I have that and I, I started taking the CBD and it really, really helps. Um, I actually take it earlier in the evening, probably like around 7.30 or 8 o'clock just to make sure that I wind down with it and, um, and then I know that I won't wake up groggy at all so I highly recommend that like I said it's my soul CBD and they have several uh, options for CBD that one in particular is just for sleep but they also offer gummies and tinctures and all sorts of things um, I think they also have something for your pets <laughs> so if you have a pet that you you know, or trying to get to the vet or gets a little bit crazy during a storm, you can give them this, these like treats. Um, so anyway, I think that one subject that is super important to talk about when talking about this particular cycle of life is if you are in a relationship and I will speak from my own experience, which is, you know, a uh, heterosexual marriage. My husband obviously can't possibly fathom what I'm going through. And you can't totally expect that the men in your life are going to get it. Because they can't get it. Because they aren't you and they don't feel it. They don't have the symptoms. They, they can't understand uh, how you can have like all these crazy symptoms. You can be totally fine one day and then not the next. So you can't really expect them to understand, but you can, uh, give them the tools to, to, to help you and to give you the support that you need. And I think that is super, super important. Uh, I've had several conversations with my husband regarding this subject and um, like I said, you know, I want him to understand but the funny thing is is that when I start talking about it, I find myself saying, I don't know how to put this into words. I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. So how can I possibly understand him to understand it? Uh, but I think that one thing that we need to explain to them and, uh, get them to understand is that because we are feeling, you know, like we're getting older, that we have a, you know, a sense of loss that, you know, we're, we're, we're not as young as we used to be. I think it's really important for 
men to, you know, your partner to be able to support you and uh, make you feel desirable and and loved and cared for and supported. And because some women experience a lowered, a lowered libido, you know, this is the time, guys, that you need to really turn on the romance and and you know longer foreplay and more desire and make them feel more desirable you know there's nothing better than than the build up and that can really help to to get your women in the mood and i guess you know i mean obviously that works for every woman but in particular you know if if it's not on the fourth forefront of her mind if it's not something that she's really feeling you know what better way to get her to feel that way than to you know put her in the mood romance her and wine and diner and you know make her feel like like she's the center of your universe and who doesn't want more sex so if you want more sex (laughs) this is the way to do it Um, you also want to remember that, you know, she's probably feeling really insecure about aging, about, you know, insecure just in her body because she's experiencing this for the first time and she doesn't know who she is right now. She doesn't understand what she's, what she's experiencing. So you need to, you know, let her know that you, that you see her the same way that, you know, no matter how, you know, how old she gets, no matter how her body changes, no matter, you know, what happens that you're still in love with her, that she's still your, your number one. Um, that's super important. I think also, you know, if she is open with you and she tries to have a conversation with you about menopause just that word, you know, when you throw it into a conversation, it's, you know, it puts everybody in this like, ugh, kind of feeling. But I mean, that should be your last response. If, if she mentions the word menopause and you go, ugh, I'm, that's, that's not supportive. And it feels really icky. It, it feels like, oh, you know, he thinks it's as disgusting as I'm thinking it is. And that's a terrible feeling. So, you know, be open to the conversation. Be willing to to dive in and get information and, you know, be interested and be willing to educate yourselves. You know, I mean... Pull it up on Google yourself. There's got to be, you know, men's forums about that. There's probably a men's forum on Reddit that talks all about how to, you know, navigate that time of life. And, you know, in a relationship when, you know, when you're married for years and years and your spouse starts to go through this particular change, you know, it can feel really terrible. It can feel like, you know, I don't know who this person is right now. And, uh, and women, we have to appreciate that. We have to appreciate that our husbands, you know, they, 
they're kind of mourning a loss too, maybe, you know, a loss of the person that they, that they originally were with. Um, so you do have to kind of go out of your way to explain yourself and to try to be more tolerant and, um, apologetic. And maybe there's times when you need to walk away that, you know, if you're the type that some of your symptoms are, you know, irritability and anger, maybe there are times when instead of blowing up at your partner, you need to just get away, go for a walk, um, maybe go for a girl's weekend or an overnighter somewhere or, you know, take yourself to a spa, something like that, where you just need to kind of walk away and give each other some breathing room. There was a study that was done on marriage and menopause and the effects and one thing that really you know jumped off the page to me was that uh 60% of divorce happens when women are in their mid 40s to 50s so it's kind of they're going through this time of life and and I, you know, whether it be the woman who is questioning herself and her role in this marriage and if she's happy or whatever, or if it's the man who just cannot deal, you know, it's really sad to think that a lot of marriages fall apart during this time of life that, you know, you're hoping to grow old with your partner and you're realizing that it's just you know, it's not an option, that it's not going to happen, that you can't roll with it and kind of reintroduce each other. Um, But another study that was done was on women who are in relationships. And what they found was women who were in less supportive, stressful relationships had worse symptoms and less sexual interest than women who were in relationships where they felt like their partners were supporting them and, uh, and, you know, kind of loving them through this time and trying to understand what was going on. So I thought that was really interesting too. And I suppose, you know, it really makes sense. Obviously, if you're in a supportive relationship where you feel like you're, you know, really loved and cared for, you're not going to feel quite as depressed and anxious and you're not going to be as irritable. That makes perfect sense. Um, but you know, it, it kind of does give some insight to guys where, you know, if you go out of your way to, to help her during this time, it's only going to benefit you. Um, and, you know, like I said, the the lack of care in traditional medicine has been a, a real eye-opener to me. And when, I, when I've talked to my husband in the past about this subject, that's one thing that I say is, you know, I, I, I just, the information is just not there. When you bring this subject up to just your general practitioner, it's not something that they are totally versed in. And, and most of the time they either tell you, you know, 
there's there's nothing that you know you just kind of need to to roll with it and and figure it out as you go or they try to give you you know an antidepressant which you know in some cases is great but in in my case it's just not something that I wanted to that I wanted to explore I wanted to to look into other options um but you know what sometimes that sometimes that's just the way it goes sometimes that's what you need and and it is more clinical and you can't really blame general medicine for that it's just not something that has been uh part of their studies until you know hopefully until now hopefully until it becomes more of an open conversation and where you don't have to feel shame talking about it you know like I said at the very beginning of this conversation it it does feel very exposing to talk about I mean it, it it's a huge exposure for myself that you know on the outside you may be this vivacious young looking person and when you're going through this, you kind of feel like I, I don't even know who I am anymore. And it, it's scary. And when you bring it up to people and they, you know, kind of shudder away from the conversation, it just makes you feel like, okay, this is not something that's good. This is not something that's positive. And I don't want to feel like I am uh, this washed up, you know, old hag. I I don't feel like that. I don't feel like like that's my destiny at this point. I I want to embrace it. I want to get to the other side of it and be like a super confident, you know, woman. So, you know, I I I'm going to do more research on this and I hope that this is a subject that you guys, you know, I hope that I get some feedback. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to hear, you know, women out there, what are your experiences? What are you doing to, you know, combat your symptoms? What are your answers? And, you know, do you have someone that you can talk to? Do you have other women who are a, you know, a sounding board for you that you guys can talk and figure out, you know, what the other is going through and if, you know, work it, work it out and try to give each other some insight and recommendations. You know, I, I do have a friend who is going through a very, very similar situation that we are experiencing almost identical symptoms. Um, and so it's nice to talk to her. I There's a lot of times right out of the blue, I'll text her something like, do you ever feel this? And, you know, she'll come back with, oh, you know, yeah, I've had that before. Or like, no, I've heard of it, but like, I haven't had it. You know, it's just nice to have somebody that you can have an open conversation about this subject. And like I said, keep, you know, keep the lines of communication open with your husbands and the men in your life. You know, let them know what you're feeling. Be open about your, you know, uh, emotions and let them know what you're going through. They can't guess. 
So just having a conversation with your partner can make a huge difference. Just kind of getting your feelings out there, telling them what you're experiencing, um, telling them what you need, what, you know, what would make you feel better at this point and giving them the opportunity to get some insight and some understanding, you know, they don't understand either. So, you know, it's important to kind of get your feelings out there. Anytime that you can have an open conversation about anything with your partner is a positive, you know, it's moving in the right direction. So I think that is super important. And, you know, I mean, I think that the main thing is really just giving yourself grace, giving yourself love and understanding that, you know, in times where maybe you would have been able to have more energy, that you're a little bit more fatigued, maybe it's time that you allow yourself to take a nap or in you know those moments when you aren't feeling totally um you know sexual or um you know like the vixen you once did maybe you need to explore some different ideas and do some different things maybe you need to explain to your partner that you need something different from them that you know maybe you do require a little bit more romance or um, you know, whatever the case may be, it's important to be able to, to advocate for yourself and, you know, get your feelings out there and, and try to make the best of it. Try to be, you know, as positive as you can about the situation. You know, I, um, I still believe that I, and young inside. I still believe that I'm young and I I do believe that I still look great for my age and I do everything that I can to, to you know, to keep myself in good shape and um and feeling my best. I do a lot of things for self-care that I think are super important and I think that that is, you know, that's a super important thing to do to you know, take care of yourself, to to eat healthy, to exercise, to drink a lot of water, to take supplements, to, you know, get, get things done to yourself, you know, get facials, get massages, get, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever you want to do. I think it's, it's really important to do those things to, to keep yourself feeling, you know, beautiful and desirable. So, you know, I would say that's kind of on you too. Um, but you know, like I said, give yourself grace, give yourself, a you know, a moment to cry in the shower if that's what you need to do to get your emotions out. Um, you know, start seeing a therapist, get your emotions out that way. That can be a fantastic option for a lot of people. Um, if you don't want to go see someone in person, you can, you know, there's plenty of apps out there now, BetterHelp and all those apps that, you can talk to a therapist right online. Um, you know, you can text, you can email, you can Zoom. Um, but whatever works for you. So anyway, I hope that you got some good insight out of this one. And I really hope that this isn't the last time we talk about this subject because I think it's really important. 
because I think that for all of you out there who didn't get the information from from the older women in your lives, I think it's important for someone to give you the information. So uh, I hope that maybe we can get John on sometime and that he and I could talk about it and he could kind of give you his perspective on what he's been experiencing since this all began. Uh, I think that would be a really interesting conversation. So uh, thank you so much. I hope to hear from all of you. Please give me your feedback. Let me know what you think. And I love you all. Have a great day.